Happy birthday, Milestone. Yes. <laughs> An exciting weekend. Exciting. What a great weekend. Awesome. Okay. We got stuff to do. We got stuff to do. Come on. I feel your love. I'm so thankful and honored. Brandy and I consider it a privilege to be your pastors and just a chance to serve you. I wanna look in the camera though and welcome because we have a lot of people as well joining us, our McKinney campus, our Hazlitt campus. They're there with us live. We're excited about you, our online campus. Maybe someone watching this message later or joining us from wherever you are. We want you to feel a part. Let's put our hands together and welcome everybody that's joining in with us. Yes. This, this weekend is, is a moment really of reflection and remembrance. It's a moment of worship. My ultimate desire is what a, what a great privilege to honor God for his goodness. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, he's worthy of all the praise and the glory for his faithfulness and what he's done. And so it's a time to honor God. I, I do wanna take a moment as well and uh, honor my wife, our family, and, and all of what they have invested <laughs> as well. I, I want to I honor our team as well because I want you to know I work day in and day out with a team of people who love the opportunity to serve you, and I believe they do it with excellence and a great spirit. Can we put our hands together for all the team that serves you and does a fantastic job? But ultimately, we also wanted this weekend to be a chance to really celebrate what the church really is all about. It's Jesus in the midst of people. It's really you. A great church is not because you have a great pastor, or you have a great team, or a great building, or great programs. A great church is great people like you. Yes. So it's a chance for us to have a chance to honor you yes. as well. Well, that's what, you know, as Jeff and I were talking, and you know, all the planning and all of the things, you know, what we really just kept reflecting on was you and how thankful we are to get to be a part of such an amazing church, an amazing group of people, because the church, you know, the, the people on stage are just a very small part of what makes up the church. What makes up the church is you and how you love each other and how you serve each other, how you are there for each other when someone's sick and you're taking them a meal or you know something's going on and you make sure their needs are taken care of. And, and really, we see that all the time. And there's so much that we don't even see, so many testimonies that we hear about after the fact. And it, and it was just, you be in the church. And honestly, it's not common. Never lose the wonder of, of the fact that Jesus is in your midst, he's doing things and he's using you. Everyday ordinary people. God says he takes our everyday ordinary lives and uses it to glorify him. And you are such an example, a shining example of that. And we are, couldn't be more proud. But the truth is, uh, it's not always been this good. If we look back, there's some days we were crying, but it wasn't happy tears. We were getting started in a cafetorium. So to start our journey, I want to take you back to a, a day where I really wanted to quit. Which one? Yeah, okay. But 
there were a few. <laughs> on a particular day, uh, going back to, for those of you that maybe don't know, we didn't start with multiple campuses and great screens and nice coffee. We yeah. had a cafetorium, a middle school cafetorium that smelled like hot dogs. We had a, a bunch of Coke machines that lined it. You know, people would get up and get a Coke while I was talking and be like, duh, 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 be like, we're trying to feel cool right now, you know? We, we, weren't, uh, cool. we weren't trying to okay. feel cool. We were not cool. I had a three-piece suit on. I don't know why I did in a cafetorium, but uh, we, we had one particular day, and the truth is that the, rem- the person in charge of the air conditioning, I don't know, was out to lunch, and something happened. I think it had to be controlled It was like remotely. the middle of the summer. Middle of the summer. Yes. Hot in Texas, and uh, everything that could go wrong that weekend went wrong. Uh, We had, you know, again, we had like a hundred and something people come to the first service, and people were staying away in droves, and and we uh, had, you know, this day where it was burning up hot. We tried to put on a little promo thing, and we didn't have all these technical people to help with the videos, and and, uh, there was a moment we were showing a promo to do an outreach. For the Passion of the Christ. We rented out a whole theater and when you're in a school and you rent out a theater, like it's a big deal. Yeah, so there's this big Good moment in it and then something went wrong and all of a sudden, Marcus Lopez's family came up on the screen who was running it and I was like, man, that was terrible. I tried to preach my way out of it. I was just trying to get these people to come back to the cafetorium and during my message, they had opened the back doors because it was so hot. I heard jingling. I thought maybe someone had change in their pockets and they were dancing during my message, (laughs) which could happen because weird people go to church in a cafetorium. And so I uh, thought, what's happening? And all of a sudden I looked up and there was a dog coming in, had to chain and Daisy was like, (laughs) and one of the ushers grabbed the dog, threw it out the back. And and, and I went home that day, and, and I was just not in a good place. I was just... Yeah, that's understating <laughs> it. As a matter of fact, I remember I was washing dishes, you know, in the bar, kind of like, just you could kind of see over to the living room, and he was like, pitiful, y'all. Pitiful. He was sitting there, he was sulking, feeling sorry for himself, you know. I tend to find the humor in things a little bit more, you know. And I finally, I just looked at him, and I was like, you, you know you're going to have to get over it, right? So, such like, compassion. Such pastoral care. I mean, I was like, okay, buddy, like, snap out of it. Washing the I'm dishes done. And says, get over it, bud. I'm like, okay, yes, yes ma'am. Okay. But you did snap out of it. I did snap out of it. And we God made it forward. God kept moving. Yes. And God kept moving. Yes, so did. what we what we want to do, you you wanted to take everyone on yeah. a little journey. Because there's been a lot of moments there's along this journey moments. that's led us to where we are now. And so we've been reminiscing. Friends have been texting, and we've been thinking back on all the memories and all the things. And we just kind of want to take you back with us so that you can share in it. So if you'll just watch this with us and you can share in those memories. Here at Milestone, we're so big on creating an environment where people can win. We love to cast vision. No amount of a fun, cool, encouraging, vision-filled church can replace the basic element of you personally having a relationship. I can't believe it's been 20 years. When I think back on all of the amazing things that God has done over these past two decades, it's honestly overwhelming. Sometimes I think, God, how did you choose us? There's nothing special about Jeff and I. Back then, we were just two young people in Abilene, Texas, who had a vision for a place where people could come as they are, introduce them to the God who loves them, and cheer them on in their journey. 
a place where people could encounter God and worship and learn to really follow Jesus, a place where young people could use their gifts and have a chance to lead other young people. To be honest with you, we didn't even know if it would work. I mean, think about it. 32 people selling homes and businesses and moving to a brand new city to start completely over? It was actually pretty scary. There were days when Jeff and I would look at each other and say, are we really doing this? But it always came back to the vision, and God kept showing up, so we just kept taking the next step in front of us. You know, some of our first prayer meetings were held in a Holiday Inn ballroom. Now that may sound kind of glamorous, but it was anything but glamorous. As a matter of fact, it looked more like green shag carpet and a kid drum set. But we would gather there to worship and pray until a local church in the area allowed us to use their space to pray on Friday evenings, sometimes until one or two in the morning, asking God to move in our city and to use a milestone as a beacon of hope here. Our kids would be all up way past their bedtimes, hanging out at my house. We would take turns watching kids, and there were a lot of cranky Saturday mornings, but we did it anyway. And our launch team pulled together $38,000 in resources to buy necessities like sound equipment, microphones, and nursery items. We passed out flyers and invited basically everyone that we came in contact with and had our first official service on October 13, 2002 at Indian Springs Middle School. We set up and tore down each week, which was not an easy task. The hallways were transformed into the nursery, which we took very seriously. We wanted people to feel comfortable leaving their kids in a hallway in a school, so we had smocks made for the nursery workers and washed them in draft every week. And we had services in the school cafeteria. It didn't include any of the lights and screens like you might see today but we didn't care. We actually had an overhead projector, that's it. You know, the kind that has the clear paper that you can take and you can you know, erase the words and write something new in, and that's what we had. But we were going after God, and people were coming to know Him. And then God opened the door for us to lease a building in Keller on Willis Lane. We were so excited to have a place to somewhat call our own. We had a 250-seat auditorium and a little dedicated kid space and God moved here. We saw many people come to Christ. Our student ministry started growing and lives were being changed and marriages restored. We even had a couple who had been divorced and they got remarried during one of our services. It was such a special time as God added more and more amazing people to Milestone that we got to serve and walk with. We added multiple services here to make space, and we were even parking cars on the grass every weekend just to fit everyone inside. And then, just like the generous people of our church do, we came together and purchased a building at 801 Keller Parkway. Inside this building, we saw God do even more. I remember hearing stories all the time of someone who had brought their neighbor and they gave their life to Christ, or someone's student that had stepped out in faith and brought a friend to Elevate where they accepted Christ, and the list goes on and on. One of my favorite memories at this building was one Christmas at our annual women's event, which we called Joy that year. As a matter of fact, we started calling it Joy that year because the week that we moved into this building, when everybody was celebrating this new step in our church, I had actually lost a baby. And even though I wanted to celebrate with everyone, I was mourning at the same time. But God taught me so much about Joy that year. And we had our Christmas event Joy, and we had the entire stage lined with gift boxes for single moms and widows. 
And I remember seeing the joy on the faces in the room as we got to pass out these incredible gifts to these awesome single moms and widows and help bring a smile to their kids' faces at Christmas. And then, just like times before, we came to another step. We had maxed out that building, and we had added as many weekend services as we could, but we needed more space to reach more people. We were just in awe of what God was doing, and in awe that He brought so many great people who caught the same vision that we did. So once again, everyone came together and gave to make room for those coming behind them. In April of 2017, we opened the doors of our current Keller campus. I remember our first services here. I was overwhelmed with God's goodness. I looked around at the lights and the screen, and they were cool. But the thing that spoke louder to me was that it just felt like those Friday nights in the early days. People were seeking God and finding joy in His presence, and nothing compares to that. And God expanded our reach beyond Keller to Haslett and McKinney too. Jeff and I were just recently at Vision Nights at these campuses where we got to see your faces and meet so many of you. I love to see how God weaves us all together into a beautiful masterpiece for His glory. Jeff and I are constantly talking about the great people that we get to meet in the Commons at the Keller campus too. We love shaking your hands and hearing your stories. It amazes us to think about the people that we get to have a part in stewarding. I truly can't believe that we get to do this. And when I say we, that includes you. It wasn't two people that made all this happen, are you kidding? There's no way we could have done it on our own. It was thousands and thousands of people throughout the years who served people by setting up and tearing down at the school, greeting people with a smiling face when they walk in the doors, leading groups at our youth retreats and taking care of each other in spiritual family, praying with each other, hurting with each other, sharing joys with each other, and simply being the church. One thing I know, God is faithful. We don't have to have it all figured out, but let's keep on trying to love what He loves, take the next steps that He puts in front of us, and steward it well, and enjoy the journey. I look back with so much gratitude at the last 20 years, and so much faith for the next 20, and the next, and the next. The future campuses, the next generation of leaders that we're seeing raised up and released, and the way we'll get to serve our region through things like Serve Day and Second Saturday Serve. The list of things that we're excited about goes on and on, because this is not the end of the road, but in many ways, it's just the beginning. What a chance to look back and remember and to thank God for all of His faithfulness. It's a time of remembering. It's also a time of re-envisioning, and one of the prayers that our entire team have had for this 20th anniversary celebration is that we have the opportunity for all of you to feel included in not only where God has brought us, but for every single one of you to feel included in where he's taking us. So I want to spend a few moments framing and shaping just a little bit what God is doing, what he's doing among us, and how we can be a part of it. I'm gonna ask if you have your Bibles to turn with me, if you will, to Joshua 24, the latter part of Joshua, as well as Matthew chapter 16. I, I wanna talk for just a minute about who we are and who God's called us to be. When, when I, I look back on the name Milestone, I wanna remind all of us that Milestone is just a, a, a name and a way to identify our part in Jesus's plan. We're not here to overemphasize just that. It is appropriate for families to come together and celebrate, but 
I always say this, that, that I want us to become the kind of followers of Jesus and continue to pursue him, that no matter where you go or if you're transferred somewhere, that, that you, be, you become that person, that wherever you're at, you're the most passionate, principled, desiring person that follows Jesus no matter where you are. But Milestone is a way for us just to gather together and be a family and be a team in the midst of Jesus's mission in his church. And some of you may be even wondering, why, why did we give that expression? Why did God give us that name? And I remember all the way back, I was thinking about it this week to where in Joshua 24, I remember even as a young kid, I remember hearing from my Sunday school teacher, in fact, we would study the wilderness journeys of the people of God. I remember one of our long sections in Sunday school was studying this, and I remind myself of just when I was, you know, a 12-year-old kid, and I would just think, you know, it's like the story of the Old Testament is kind of, you know, God blesses, God delivers, God does, they get arrogant, they don't follow him, they kind of, that group there in the wilderness, you know, they're just complaining on, eh, all the time, and, and then it's like, Moses, will you go get us some word at the mountain, you know, and we're down at the bottom breaking everything you're, you're getting from God, and, and, and they just, you know, they just was this group, can we go back to Egypt? And then I started reading about this Joshua group, and the whole story changes. It's like, Joshua's like, hey, let's just walk around this wall, you know, multiple times. We're going to shout at it. It'll fall down. And everybody's like, okay, let's do that. Man, awesome. Ah! Walls fall. They're just the spirit of it, and, and it was the, there was a group, and they were, they, were, they were walking it out, and Joshua's a type and a shadow of Jesus, and I thought, man, this Joshua generation people are different than this Moses generation of people, and, and, and I'll, I, I was drawn to the story, and they marked moments together, and when they crossed over to possess, they celebrated it, and, and, and I, I just started thinking about celebrating moments like this with you. And I just love that story, and, and we, when we were naming the church, I'll never forget, I had this one thought, Mark, that we're not just an irrelevant group of people having potluck, and we're just a place where we can kind of be codependent, but what if it mattered that we gathered? What if it mattered that we gave? What if it mattered if we served? What if the people who are even lost, who didn't understand our message said, you need to exist because of what you're, you're offering, the Jesus in you that I don't even know, I see him in you. What if it mattered? What if there was a mark? What if there was an impression? What if it mattered what we gave our lives to? I had that word mark, and so I, I would like to say I had some spiritual epiphany or an angel visited me, but I'm a bit of a pragmatic person, so we got a thesaurus. And I began to look up the word Mark, and under the words for Mark, I saw the word milestone. And then that week, I was actually in the little pharmacy, and there was a, a section of cards in the hallmark that were milestones. And I thought, you know, that's a lot of what life is, is this journey where you celebrate and you look back and you remember and and there was you know moments there for for anniversaries and moments for babies and moments for family and and I thought wow that's powerful that's really so much of the real 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 sweetness of life is celebrating moments together and but then I thought well you can't really name the church after Hallmark I, I'm kind of a Bible man you know I, I kind of need a little Bible evidence you know and I'll never forget where I was I I had two small children. I, I was working on a master's degree. My two oldest, uh, Hannah and Caleb, were two and one. And uh, I, I remember I was 
was on my knees. It was late at night. I was studying some classes and my family was in bed and I was on my knees and I was saying, Lord, will you show up in this little church? Will you do something? Will you, will you do something through us? And I started reading that Joshua story. You know, when you, when you have encounters with God, you never forget them. You never forget the moments with God. And I was flipping through the pages of Joshua and I saw that story in Joshua 24 where these people didn't complain and gripe. They, they possessed they possessed the promises of God. They walked into everything God had for them. And I was just so, so excited about it. I was reading along and I'd never really seen this. There's those great verses like, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And they, there was this large stone set up in the midst of them. And Joshua said, this stone, it's gonna remember what we're saying. This is for you. This is for your children. This is for a generational transfer. And I started seeing that and I thought, wow, that's a milestone. But the words that leaped off the page to me where it says Joshua released them to their inheritance. And I said, Lord, I want us to be a church that's not built around the gifts of a few, but what if we became a church that told the stories of the people, told the stories of what you do among them, let them walk in their calling, let them walk in them and release them to their inheritance. And that's where our name came from. Milestone Church. But the truth is, if I'm, I'm, I'm I have a, a connection to Joshua 24, but I want to be very clear for a minute. This is not about a cool name or even a spiritual meaning to a name because the stone in Joshua is not the final stone. There became now a chief cornerstone. His name is Jesus. And in Matthew 16, when Peter was there, Jesus asked him, it's not really relevant what all of them say about me. Who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus said, on that rock of revelation, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So a great church, the rock of a great church, the foundation of a church, that's just expressing their heart in their generation. It's not about the name, it's not about the buildings, it's not even about who the pastor is. It's about the expression, the revelation, the commitment to the person of Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. And you heard me back in 2007 there say it's all about. It's not about I just go to a great church and I have great friends. It's about your personal revelation of Jesus. Wherever you go, wherever God sends you, wherever you're planted, in Milestone or any other place, we're gonna preach the message of Jesus. We're gonna live the message of Jesus. We're gonna walk out faithfully following our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what it's really all about, is Jesus. By the way, here on this anniversary celebration, you may be in some of the venues. They just told me that there's many of you in the commons. Many of you are in another room. Many of you are at campuses. There's a lot of you watching online. Let me, let me say something. It would be our greatest joy that on our day of celebration, because the whole reason we exist is to preach the life-giving message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to you. And I will tell you this, you can't save yourself. You can't fix yourself. You can't fix your family. Jesus Christ is the one who forgives. We have common phrases in our world today. Help yourself. God helps those who help themselves. That's not true. 
You need to forgive yourself. Stop, stop telling people that. You can't forgive yourself. Jesus Christ is the only one that can cleanse you, redeem you, forgive you, and give you a hope for your life, for your family, for anything. So if you wanna receive Jesus this weekend, the opportunity is available to receive him. That's what we're building on. And I thought I might spend the last few moments just telling you how I see Jesus in you. I, I love, as a pastor, there's no greater joy than when I see the real stone, the real milestone, Jesus Christ, the rock that the builders rejected that we have embraced, the foundation of Jesus, when I see it in you. Now, when you're a baby, one of the things my wife loves to do is when people have babies and we have them all around us and people have babies and stuff and, and when you have one in the family, she and all the other ladies get around. It's amazing to me. It's like the baby's just born, you know, and they're, they're all looking at the baby and they're like, he looks like so-and-so. He has your eyes. I'm like, that brother looks like a tadpole, man. No, nobody can tell what he looks like. That, it'd be no offense, but the brother... But I will say this, when a baby grows up, you can tell the features. You can say, hey, they look like that. You can see it. So what the joy is of at 20 years is you can see a lot of the expression of who we are at this place. I wanna talk to you about where I see Jesus in you because really the celebration according to Colossians 1.27 is it's Christ in you. We get all hung up in our religiousness. Is it the church? Is it Jesus? Is it Jesus the church? Well, just read Paul. He talks about marriage, the church, Jesus, the family. They're like, what are you talking about? He calls it a mystery, and he's like, yes, we're talking about all of that. We're talking about all of it expressed. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I wanna talk to you about a few ways I see Jesus in you. Number one, the way you love people you've never met. I just love you that as a church, I hear this story over and over. I look back this week, I have personally been at almost 250 101s, first steps in our growth track. I'm not speaking as a theorist. I'm speaking as someone who has shaken the hands of these people who have been loved by you. The way you serve them, the way you help them, the way you even simple things like help them park their car, the way you reach out to them in your small group, the testimony videos of them getting a Bible from you and the, the way you go the extra mile to love them. It's a big deal. And I wanna tell you, I see Jesus in you the way you love people. You know, we have all these thoughts and you know, seminary classes and pastors and there's apologetic training. The problem is people don't understand how to defend their faith and we need to get an evangelism program and no, 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 no. It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance and who's the real evangelist? You are. You're the real evangelist. When you love your friends, when you're sincere, when you reach out to them, when you meet their needs, it's not people on platforms preaching messages on YouTube. It's you. It's you. You're the carrier of Jesus. And I meet these people. I remember back at 801 one time, there was a man, they came to me and said, he just came in the church. He's crying and sobbing. For two weeks, he sat in his car outside the church because he didn't feel welcome to come in. That's where people are. That's where they live. But when you receive them, when you love them, I was at a 101. One of my stories that I love to tell is a young girl, she's 21 years old, she waited in line to meet me. 
This was several years ago. I left church that weekend. The, the heart, the father heart, the compassion for her just welled up in me. She said, I've had multiple job transitions. My, my fiance broke off our engagement. I lost a friend in a car accident and my family doesn't support my decision to come to church. But when I come here, I feel the love of Jesus. I, I, I feel so, so I, I took this step today and I affirmed in her the courage that you're taking to step out, to follow, to just, just keep taking steps, but you create that climate and that atmosphere and environment, and it shows people the love of Jesus. At 801, I preached on the prodigal son one weekend, another story that marked me in our past. I preached on the prodigal son, a man came out, he had on a nice sport coat, he looked well put together, but his eyes were red. He came up to me and he said, Pastor, uh, this is my prodigal. Will you pray for him? And we had multiple services, and so I stood up and said, this is so-and-so's prodigal. Let's pray for him this weekend. And by the end of the weekend, I had a pocket full of pieces of paper and pictures. Pray for mine, preacher. Pray for mine, preacher. Pray for mine. Let us on this great day of celebration never, ever forget that hell is a real place, heaven is a real place, eternity is a long time, it's someone's prodigal, someone's brother, someone's family member, someone's sister, someone that loves them. And so I love the way you love others. Those of you at the Hazlitt campus, setting up and tearing down, starting a campus during the middle of a global pandemic, only people who believe in the message of the gospel of Jesus being transformational do those kinds of things. I love to see Jesus in the way you love others. The next one is, I love to see Jesus in the way you love each other. Every time I get out around our church, I meet these pockets of people and I just love how you love each other, how you take care of each other. The one another's of the New Testament are big. Love one another, serve one another. Jesus didn't say, they're gonna know you by your ability to put on great services. I'm, they're gonna know you by how great your pastor preaches. They're gonna know you. He said in his final moments, they're gonna know you by the way you love each other. I was at a 50th anniversary not too long ago. I went to it and I saw pockets of small groups. I left that night, I told Brandy, I said, I just love how they love each other, how they take care of each other. I mean, there's people from 90-something years old all the way down to young, just families of people, and they've gone through crisis, and I say it all the time, you're preparing today the relationships of today for the problems and challenges you face tomorrow. I love how you love each other, but a lot of people think that, that, that there's this product of size we get all caught up in. Well, that's a big church, it's this. That's a small church, it's this. There's churches in all shapes and sizes, but don't ever believe the lie that size is the greatest indicator of whether a church loves each other or is personal. It's all about culture. It's all about culture. Ephesians 4.16, if we would let the word define our experience, not our experiences define the word, it says the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows. It's if you're connected to his house, whatever house it is, as you're connected, then we begin to grow and the church builds itself up in love. No matter what the size is, as we are connected and we're walking out the plan of God, there's more love. There's more love that can be spread and it says this, the only way that happens is as each part does its work. I got a video this week. This isn't going back 20 years. I got a video this week from a lady who wanted to say this to you. She posted her story to say, this is my milestone story. 
I want to show you an example of how you love one another. Watch this. Hi, my name is Brittany Randall, and this is my Milestone story. Um, I started attending Milestone in uh, June of 2020, and um, my little boy and I had just moved here. Um, I got connected with a small group, and um, we enjoyed doing fellowship with those amazing um, people that we met there. I am a single mom. And so I always really appreciated um, how Milestone just loved on single moms and um, goes above and beyond just to make us feel special and, and seen um, within the church community. That just always has stuck out to me and is absolutely amazing. My uh, son, uh, Gideon, um, and I went to a lot of the single mom events there and uh, he just, he loved going to Milestone running and just playing and rolling down the, the hills there at the front of the church. It was always fantastic. And the church just has been really amazing um, to me and my family and extended family because on May 23rd, my son Gideon um, was hit by a car and killed while we were walking to the mailbox and um, the, the church uh, just really rallied around us. Before we even got home from the hospital, there were people from the church there at our door waiting just with food and they came and they prayed for us. And um, they've been here every step of the way. The, the church offered to pay for all the medical bills in relation to the accident. The church paid for the service and, and you guys have just been phenomenal and amazing and showing Jesus in a very tangible way to my whole family. You just wrapped your arms around us to Milestone Church, to the congregation, to the pastors. Um, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. There's there's no other way um, to say that, but thank you and we love you and we're proud to be a part of the Milestone family. Thank you for the way you love people like a single mom going through a challenging situation. I wanna tell you another way I see Jesus in you. I love the way you love the next generation. You know, it takes a, a church that is willing to make sacrifices for the next generation. In fact, at every campus right now, we have hundreds of young people that have been at fall retreat. Come on, young people, give them a shout out everywhere. <clears throat> if you're unable to get a seat this weekend, it's because of the next generation. They're just like they do. They take up all our money and our seats, and <laughs> that's what they do. But that's the heart of a family, to see those coming behind and... We've had times in our history where, because God's touching a generation, many of you in the last few weeks, we've had hundreds, we've had 1,200 students on Wednesday night, and you've come and you've served, and 80 or so of you, we, you had host homes this weekend to take care of these young people. I want to say thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for caring about them. I hear their testimonies because they say, many of them having challenges in their homes, when you open, their home, open your home and you cook breakfast and you take care of them, and there's a hundred and something counselors, it's a church 
that sees the value in the next generation, that takes up their whole weekend to love them and to serve them. And what I love is we're not just feeding them pizza, we're training them, we're equipping them to walk out their faith and to be who God's called them to be. And as we have our big miracle offering moment, it's not possible with all of them in the moment that we're going to have at every campus, at every location online, They've already gone ahead of us and had a moment during this weekend at fall retreat where they gave. I thought you might want to see it. We're taking up a miracle offering to celebrate what God has done in us and through us the last 20 years, but also to give toward what he's going to do the next 20 years. Tonight, we're going to go first. Everyone else in the church is going to be giving their offerings on Saturday and Sunday services, but we're going first as Elevate tonight. We're building this new building and all of that, but really more than the amount that you could give, it's about our hearts being connected to what God is doing. Jesus, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this moment that we get to give sacrificially. It's way more than dollars and cents. It's us getting our hearts connected to the vision of reaching people, building lives. It's for the future of other people coming to know you. In Jesus' name. Isn't that amazing? I wanna, I wanna finish with this. I see Jesus in you the way you have a heart of generosity. I wanna be very clear, it's more than just money. It's, it's your time. It's your willingness to serve others. It's your willingness, did you know, even receiving people you've never met and showing them kindness and love is an act of generosity. The, the, the core essence of the message of Jesus is it's not about us. The core message of Jesus is we're here today, we have a relationship with God because Jesus gave. Jesus said the greatest among you is those who serve. And so the model of the Jesus we follow is that we model him and because he lives inside of us, we live a life of generosity. And I, I try so hard to tell you the stories and to celebrate with you because I live in a world where I hear all the people that are impacted by your generosity from things like fairy tale ball where you bless families who have life-threatening illnesses to all the hundreds of single moms that have been impacted over the years. I hear their stories. I hear their families say thank you. I hear their dads come to me and say, thank you for loving my daughter. Thank you for serving my family. And I, can't, I, I got a supernatural burden for them, but I couldn't do it without you. You've embraced them. You've loved them. You've served them. So thank you for the way you love people through generosity in your heart. I saw it on the ice storm, and I wanna, what you celebrate gets repeated. Can I tell you something I was so proud of you about? I was out of town when the ice Mageddon hit and my house flooded. And thank God I have spiritual family and friends that started trying to help me with my own house. But you know what I love about pastoring a church where it wasn't about a program. Our team kind of sent out a deal and, and hey, we need to do this. But see, you, you have to have 17 meetings in most places to get everybody together. Can we get on your schedule? You just sprang into action. You started getting firewood, water showed up. You started serving other people. And as a pastor, I thought, yes, yes, that's in your heart, that's in your spirit. And I see Jesus in you when you are doing that. I see Jesus in you when you love people that way. I love our serve day. 
It's amazing what's happening. 4,000 of you serving on serve day. It's just one day, a little microcosm, but when you come together and you serve and we had a hundred and something projects and the stories and the impact and the lives that are changed, thank you. Thank you for getting it. Thank you for loving people. You know, we live in a world now as we look at our past, we look at who God has called us to be. I want us to look ahead for a minute because I agree with what my wife said. We're just beginning. We're just getting started. This may freak some of you out, but here's what I believe. It's almost like we're restarting with a whole lot more resources and a whole lot more people. I'm more passionate about reaching lost people than I ever have been. I'm more passionate about training up the next generation than I ever have been. If you'll have me, I'd like to re-up my contract for another 20 years. I'd like to re-up because there's a message that invades your media feed that says the world is getting darker and there's no hope. We're trying to solve it through all kinds of ways. Jesus' church and the message of Jesus is the answer. It's the answer. And all of us are who he's going to use. So I'm thankful that God has a plan for us. I'm thankful for our Hazlitt campus. And we're closing on property in Justin, Texas here by the end of the year for a campus there. And we're looking at places. We're living in the fastest growing metro area since 2010 in the nation. And it's probably going to be the fastest growing area in the next 10 years. So we have a stewardship as a church. Us with all the other great churches But to make an eternal impact, God's bringing the whole world to us. And oh, the stories. I told our church plant team, I said, this is not going to be easy. This is going to be scary. But we're going to see more people come to Christ than most people ever see in a lifetime. And I want to make you this promise, Milestone. If we'll just keep honoring God, take steps, steward your own heart, be a part of what God's doing, we have an opportunity to see God do amazing things in the lives of people. I want to lead you in this moment. Lord, I pray right now in the next few moments at every campus, this is more than just our resources being given. This is a moment of worship to you. And Lord, I pray in this moment you would meet us, Lord, in our hearts and in our lives as we offer our gifts back to you in Jesus' name.